Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined, as always, by our fearless leader, the managing editor of Horns 24-7, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are we doing? Chip, I'm doing good. Uh, You know, actually, this week is the one-year mark since we started doing the YouTube podcast show, so happy anniversary there. Uh, but, you know, I'm doing, doing good. Uh, a lot of stuff going on at Texas right now. So there's going to be a jam-packed show today on the flagship podcast. How are you doing? Oh, man. I mean, I'm right there with you. Happy anniversary. <laughs> and thank you to everybody who watches us on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and gets the full effect of this incredible podcast where football season never ends and where baseball season has... Uh, Well, as Ty Harrington said on the flagship podcast interview Monday, former Texas State head coach and former Longhorns player who went to three college World Series with the Longhorns in the 80s said, the seas are parting for the Longhorns in this uh, NCAA postseason. We will get to that in just a moment. But football, football season never ends, Taylor. And you got a hot one. You got a hot one today. You've you've got a story on Horns 24-7. Of course, everybody who's not a member of Horns 24-7, what is going on? We just had an incredible 60% off promo for annual membership, and that's how you need to join annual membership. That gets you VIP access to all the team sites on the unparalleled premier college sports sports network, 24-7 sports. By golly. And uh, Taylor, you got a hot one today. Story on the transfers, the, the veteran transfers, Ray Thornton, Ben Davis, Ray Thornton of LSU, Ben Davis of Alabama. Tell us all about it. Yeah, you know, Chip, I checked in with some sources who have been around the football program for the last several months. And, you know, the one thing I've been hearing about um, primarily Ray Thornton and Ben Davis, those two were kind of singled out is the different mentality that they are bringing to the Texas football locker room. Now, Texas has done really well in the transfer portal. They've been able to pick up guys who were immediate impact type of players um, and just pick up another one this week. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Yeah, exactly. I mean, from, you know, Calvin Anderson to Trey Watson to, um, you know, Gary Johnson, Juwan Mitchell. I mean, the list goes on. But the one thing that Texas has never really been able to get from the transfer portal era of college football are players from teams that have played at the elite level, played for college football playoffs. And that's one thing you know, that Steve Sarkeesian and his staff have done a really good job of doing. You know, currently Texas has six transfers. Um, on the roster since Steve Sarkeesian, you know, took over leading into the 2021 football season. And four of those have been a part of national championship caliber of teams. So, 
the one thing I heard that I've continued to hear, and it kind of, you know, coincides a lot with what Steve Sarkeesian has said about Ray Thornton in, in particular during his time in spring practice is these guys prepare from a totally different mindset of no, of thinking they're the best. You know, the one thing one source said is, you know, Texas kind of always has this, we're, we're Texas, so we're the best mentality, where these guys are kind of like, uh, no, we've actually played for the best. We've won national championships. We know what it takes. And yeah, it they got rings. Like, and they, yeah, they got rings to prove it. So, you know, just in touching base with a lot of sources, it sounds like that type of championship caliber mentality is something Texas has been lacking. I think everybody is aware of that. You know, I mean, Texas has not played for a championship, a national championship, especially since 2009 season. But that's something that it sounds early on, at least, you know, with the start of summer workouts, the team is really starting to listen to that type of attitude and, and watching these guys, you know, kind of see how they, how they, you know, go about the game, approach the game and everything that they do. So a lot of good things about Ray Thornton and uh, Ben Davis, particularly those, those were the two that were mentioned. So you definitely want to head over to horns 24 seven to get all the details. But I mean, that's, that's huge chip, right? I mean, getting yeah, and- four te- players who have been a part of championship teams or teams that play for a college football playoff championship. I mean, that's hard to do. Yeah, it, it is. And Ray Thornton, what stood out to me in my conversations with sources is how easily he fit in and became a leader. Like it's one thing to come into a new locker room. You're the, you're the lone ranger coming in. You're one of the only transfers in for the spring along with Darian Dunn, who came in from McNeese state, the cornerback and easily transitioned, not only into the locker room, but became a leader because he talks with confidence, carries himself with confidence, knows exactly what you just said, what it takes to win it all and has done it, has been a part of that team, been a part of that locker room, knows what that chemistry needs to feel like. And, and so Ray Thornton, I mean, we said it when um, I wrote my impact guys, um, you know, five guys on defense who emerged as impact players from the spring. And he's at the top of the list. It, 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 I mean, not only is his playmaking going to be a much needed um, replacement for Joseph Osai, that's a huge position of need, but then you bring in the leadership because when you ask people who are the leaders on defense, like who's organizing, I wrote about this in the insider last week, who, who's organizing the player led workouts this summer. And, you know, Josh Thompson, Ray Thornton, uh, Keandre Coburn. Those are the names that you keep hearing. And then, you know, offensively, uh, Casey Thompson and Derek Kerstetter and Cade Brewer. So um, Ray Thornton, the fact that we're mentioning his name as a transfer who's been on the campus for six months, that is huge. And Ben Davis, I find fascinating because his dad is the all-time leading tackler in Alabama football history. Uh, that's no small feat. Yeah. And he was a five-star guy, but he had – you know, they thought he had shin splints, but it turned out to be a stress fracture. He kind of got recruited over because he missed a season. And, but the guy, everything I've heard is the guy's a total team guy. Like he's, he's a Texas happy as a clam to have another year of football. 
wants to help any way he can, obviously wants to play, but wants to help any way he can. And that kind of selfless attitude that you have at Alabama where guys wait their turn because they know they're going to be playing for championships. They're willing to sit and wait like Mac Jones did for three years to get a chance to play quarterback. You can't find that in college athletics, let alone college football with the transfer portal. And if you can bring some of that into your locker room and get guys to understand it, Coming from another player, not just from Steve Sarkeesian, because we all know we don't listen to our parents. We listen to our friends. We don't listen to our parents as kids. So that stuff is like invaluable because today, if you're not starting or you're not playing, the Ben Davises at every other school have been in the portal for the last two months, three months. So it, it, it really, it's a good story. Everyone needs to get over, check it out at Horns 24 seven, because the intangible things that Ben Davis and Ray Thornton bring to this Texas locker room are just as important potentially as what they bring on the field. So good stuff there. And as far as the summer workouts going, you know, we talked last week about all the, the freshmen enrollees, the other transfers who've come in now for summer conditioning and we'll get to that. But, we got another transfer coming from Alabama, uh, at least a commitment from another transfer from Alabama, running back wide receiver Keelan Thompson. And this is exciting, Taylor, because this is another situation where you had an elite talent. This guy's an absolute burner, one of the fastest guys on the Alabama team, but he sat out the 20 season because of COVID. And at Alabama, you sit out a season you're recruited over. I mean, Kamar Wheaton's coming in as the five-star running back to Alabama. And he got, you know, he got a little bit of action in the Alabama spring game and Nick Saban actually praised him for putting on weight and just as fast. And he can help us. And as a receiver, cause he was listed as a running back receiver in their spring game. And you add that kind of speed with, with Xavier worthy at, at wide receiver and Calvante Dixon and it's play him some at running back motion him, whatever that that's enormous. So that's a really significant commitment because again, speed at the skill position is enormous. And Texas just hasn't either had it, developed it, used it correctly. Um, because I, I jokingly said, man, if Xavier Worthy can just be Reggie Hemphill maps from 2017, just give me a season like that, that would, that would be great. And then develop from there. I'll say the same thing to Keelan Robinson. Just give me, just give me Reggie Hemphill maps. I'll take that. And, and then develop from there. And, and to the rest of the receivers, just stay healthy. Have the year that you've always wanted to have in get, get, let's see the potential it's get there um, and just wish them a, a healthy season because as much as anything at receiver injuries have, have impacted that position the last couple of years. So big news with Keelan Robinson from Alabama committing because he was like a house in Austin going on the market. I mean, as soon as he declared for the portal, he had everybody coming for him, but he wanted to go with the trusted relationship he has with Steve Sarkeesian 
And think about it, Taylor, if Steve Sarkeesian, Jeff Banks and Kyle Flood and AJ Milwe aren't here, I don't know if they're getting Keelan Robinson or, or Ben Davis, but that Alabama connection can pay big dividends. Oh, huge. I mean, absolutely huge trip. And, you know, I think a lot of Texas fans probably saw Keelan Robinson's commitment and thought, wait a minute, what about the other Robinson, Bijan Robinson? You know, Texas does have the running back depth, but you bring up a really good point is with Steve Sarkeesian, the one thing I think you can count on from him is to move guys around on offense. If he feels that this player you know, if, if he believes that Keelan Robinson has the hands to be able to put him out wide and, you know, use him as a receiver, as a slot receiver, whatever it may be, he's going to do it. You know, he's going to make sure he's, he's stressed that so many times. He's going to make sure that the best players, the best wide receivers in that group are on the field. It doesn't matter about seniority. It doesn't matter about anything. If he thinks you're the best, you're going to get out there. And so I, it is going to be something to watch, I think, to see how they kind of maneuver this, um, addition with Keelan Robinson. Cause I mean, like you said, you know, Texas probably isn't getting the Keelan Robinsons and the Ben Davises or even the Ray Thornton's, you know, um, without Steve Sarkeesian and his staff kind of coming in. And I think even, I know Ray Thornton's a little bit different. He went to LSU, but still just having coaches that have coached and played for and won, you know, national titles, players want to play for those. Cause that's, you know, they want to go play at schools that is going to put them on the prime stage on the main spotlight so that they can get drafted. And, you know, I do think it's going to be interesting to watch how this kind of transition goes just because, you know, Texas isn't used to it. Texas is not used to getting a transfer that's going to compete with Bijan Robinson, who is probably arguably, I mean, Joel Klatt this week earlier said that he is the best running back in college football in the country. He called Bijan Robinson. So I think some Texas fans may be a little confused why they would go for another Robinson, you know, running back, um, just because you don't want to obviously um, make it to where Bijan Robinson is looking over his shoulder or, or you know, looking to transfer because he thinks that he's going to get replaced. I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be really intriguing to see how they use Keelan Robinson on the offense because it wouldn't surprise me if it's not at running back. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think he adds a lightning component to the thunder of Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. And of course, if you suffer an injury from Bijan Robinson or Roshan Johnson, you got to have that that next guy. And mm-hmm. Keelan Robinson is a third down back. He's a perfect third down back. Now, look, Bijan Robinson is an every down back, and Roshan Johnson is too. They both catch the ball well enough to be every down backs. But if you have an injury running back, you better be loaded there. And we know helps on the way. Uh, with Jaden Blue and some of the you know talent that is committed in the pipeline, but you need you've got Daniel Young, you know who and you, and Gabriel Watson, the D two rushing leader from 2018, but Keelan Robinson was at Alabama and you know ran um, almost had almost 40 carries in the 2019 season, averaged 6.5 a carry is a return guy in special teams. Jeff Banks loves this guy from what I'm told. And, and then you add the component of him possibly playing more receiver than running back. This kid has three years of eligibility. He wants to get on the field. He'll do whatever it takes to get on the field. And then Sarkeesian will 
we'll do the rest. He'll, he'll size up his talent and figure out, okay, how best do we get this guy, the ball and, and let this speed work for us? Because again, I mean, I think back to when Ricky Williams had Sean Mitchell at running back, Sean Mitchell was a 10 flat hunter guy and played like a 10 flat hunter guy. Some guys are 10 flat hundred guys and don't play that way. You know, Tyler Owens is a 10 flat hunter guy. I don't see him just blowing people up, just racing to the ball and using that speed to destroy, seek and destroy. There are countless other players that everyone listening to this podcast can think about, oh yeah, man, I'm thinking of this 10 flat hunter guy who didn't play like a 10 flat hunter guy at all. Well, you want to see Keelan Robinson and Xavier Worthy play as fast as their track times indicate. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see what Steve Sarkeesian comes up with because he's already familiar with Keelan Robinson's talents. So um, significant development uh, today uh, with football. And as summer, you know, conditioning continues, we mentioned it a little bit. You've got, you know, from what I'm hearing, Taylor, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tory Becton is running the conditioning, but on Tuesday, Thursday, it's pretty much player led seven on seven, i.e. practice. And look, they can go into a meeting with a coach earlier in the day and say, Hey, it might not be a bad idea if you guys worked on this today. And then lo and behold, they go out to workouts on Tuesday and Thursday and the offense is running those plays and workouts. So that's, that's what every team does. That's what's happening. And, and so, you know, we, we talked a little bit uh, in the insider last week too, about Casey Thompson, who took his two week break after finals, went to LA worked out, did these crazy beach workouts where he's running in the sand and then comes back and graduates and then goes off to Brandon Marshall's athlete's house in Miami. And he's throwing to Stefan Diggs of the bills and, and Jarvis Landry of the Browns. And, and so, you know, that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see. I mean, look, your quarterback needs to be on all the time. I mean, especially when you're taking over and you've never, you know, what, uh, never started a college game. And so everything I'm hearing, and we had some video posted of Casey working out in Florida. So that's what you want to hear. That's what you want to hear from your fourth year quarterback, you know, who's trying to become the starter. And, uh, and so good stuff with, with Texas football there, Taylor. And, uh, anything else before we get to the Texas Longhorns baseball super regional bound Longhorns team? You know, I think the only other thing I would say about it, Chip, and it kind of goes back both to Casey Thompson or Hudson Card, whoever the quarterback is going to be. But the addition of Keelan Robinson, you know, we've talked ad nauseum, I feel, about how a way to take the pressure off of a first time starter at quarterback is to have a really solid running game. And I think that is what Tom, or excuse me, Tom Herman. Oh my gosh, Steve Sarkeesian is going to lose his mind. Steve Sarkeesian is trying to do. And it's something that, you know, Tom Herman struggled to really do to try to get the running game going. Um, that's something that seems to be a priority. So I think that's going to, I, I, I don't know why. I mean, it's easy in the off season to sit here and make these, you know, outlandish claims. But I do have a feeling that Texas is going to field a running attack this season and in 2022 as well. That's going to be something that Texas fans really haven't seen probably since dating back to Ricky Williams or, you know, um, 
even the 2005 you know, season when Texas won the national championship, you know, having a lot, a staple of running backs who aren't just, you know, filler for the depth, but can come off the bench and just absolutely torch defenses, guys that the opposing defenses are going to have to game plan for each of them. And I really think that that's what you're going to see this season. I could be wrong, but I feel like it's starting to shape up into this may be a way to kind of take alleviate some of that pressure off of Casey Thompson and Hudson card as they, you know, enter a first time starting role at Texas by having this type of solid running attack. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point. And, and that's, that's, that's what Steve Sarkeesian's all about. He's Mm -hmm. a master mind play caller. Um, I go back to the, to the Rick Neuheisel interview, um, we did with the flagship podcast interview and he talks about triple option. Um, although it's not the wishbone like Daryl Royal had it's, it's run pass option. Um, it's run pass option, you know, with a slant, it's all the RPO game that, that Steve Sarkeesian is known for and all the motion and yo-yo motion that he uses to get his best playmakers open against coverage in space and get the matchups that he wants. He doesn't have the same talent that he had at Alabama and his comfort level is, is going to be everything because um, look, you're the head coach, you're the play caller. You want to be relaxed. You want to be comfortable when you're calling those plays. He's we've written about this at horns 24 seven. He's had a thousand yard rusher every single year every full season that he's been a head coach. And there's absolutely no reason to think that Bijan Robinson is not going to be a thousand yard rusher, which would be Texas's first since Deontay Foreman in, in 2016. So it's been a minute and, and now you, you bring in Keelan Robinson. Cause let's be honest, he's got three years of eligibility. Bijan Robinson could be done after two years, uh, two more years. Um, so fair thing to say, and that's something we haven't seen about, you know, said about too many early, you know, young running backs at Texas. I mean, nobody expected Deontay Foreman to be a three-year guy, but I think B. John Robinson, if he continues down this current path, he, he won't be here following next season. There's like the 2022 season. There's no way that he returns and he shouldn't. And that's a good thing for Texas. And then Keelan Robinson might be the guy he and Roshan Johnson. So, um, you know, you got to have, you can never have enough talent as we say, line it up. And that's kind of where that leads us right into Texas baseball, Taylor. When, you know, last week we were talking about these longhorns coming off the big 12 tournament in Oklahoma city. There was some hiccups. There were some strikeouts. Um, Tanner Witt gave up runs late in a game. Aaron Nixon gave up, Quadzilla, which is maybe the best nickname going in college athletics right now. Aaron Nixon, uh, the freshman closer for, for Texas Quadzilla. Cause he has thighs almost as big as Earl Campbell, but he had, you know, he walked in the game winning run in the lost Oklahoma state to end the Longhorn stay in the big 12 tournament. Well, all of that was out the window. As soon as Texas took the field, on Friday at one o'clock at a packed dish Falk field. It was so awesome. That environment was so electric. Steve Sarkeesian was there. Chris Beard was there. Beard was walking around with recruits. Sarkeesian's got camps going and, and is recruiting his butt off too. And 
you know, Delos Dodds was out there with Chris Del Conte and, and then Texas just comes out. Tristan Stevens is unbelievable. He's a machine. He gets the start in game one because his power sinker ball is, you know, plays to contact. He works efficiently, did everything that David Pierce wanted him to do in, in getting that game one start. And then Ivan Melendez, the guy who got benched essentially after three games in the big 12 tournament as DH, because he went one for 10 with nine strikeouts, steps up and hits a home run in the first inning. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Texas rolls. They end up, um, you know, rolling over Arizona state and Fairfield as well. And now as uh, we were saying earlier, Ty Harrington said the seas might be parting for Texas. They're going to get the Cinderella of the college baseball postseason. a team picked to finish last in the American athletic conference was the number six seed in the American athletic conference and upset its way to the tournament championship, getting a bid into the NCAA gets thrown into the Florida Gainesville regional with the Miami hurricanes beats the Gators beats the gains uh, beats the canes and then takes down South Alabama. And for the first time in school history, South Florida is going to a super regional. They're coming to Austin. They also throw their horns up Taylor. So you're not going to see any horns down in this crowd. Yep. No horns down. And, you know, Chip, it's, it's funny because we were talking a lot last week about if Texas should be or Texas fans should be concerned by the outing in the big 12 tournament. You know, I feel like what this Texas team, what they did this past weekend in the regionals is exactly what they've been doing all year. You know, I had said every time I feel like people start questioning the direction or, you know, what's going on with Texas baseball, they answer in a way that's like going to shut you up. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, the wins they had, what was it? 12 to two, uh, 10, yeah, to 11 zip, 11, zero, yeah. 10 to three. Like football I mean, scores. yeah, exactly. I mean, it, this was not, you know, I know that they didn't, it wasn't Notre Dame probably, who scored exactly 50, 50 yeah. runs in three games. They had a 24 to three game. Uh, how did that team get into the regional, that team that lost 24 yeah. to three anyway, but yeah. And I will say that, you know, the, the Austin regional probably was not the toughest of the group either. Um, so that helps them, but you know, I feel like what we're seeing from this Texas baseball team is exactly what you want to see in postseason. The Big 12 tournament, you know, uh, David Pierce has openly talked about not liking the Big 12 tournament. A lot of coaches don't like the Big 12 tournament. As you've mentioned prior before, Augie Garrido hated the Big 12 tournament. You know, it's basically if you're not one of the, the down teams in the conference that's you know, hoping to claw your way into a postseason bid, it's really kind of a waste of time. So I really think that Texas kind of, you know, maybe it was a good thing that they went through that. Maybe it humbled them a little bit from the Big 12 tournament standpoint. But then they answered in a way that's kind of like, if this case, if this team continues, this could be maybe one of the best college or college baseball teams that Texas has fielded since 2005, I think. And I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm, I'm saying too much or being too much, you know, sipping the burn orange Kool-Aid by saying that I truly think from top to bottom, this is one of the best teams that Texas has had in decades. And it's for sure the best team, in my opinion, that David Pierce has had since he arrived at Texas. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can, uh, you know, I was thinking about the 14 team that went to the championship series in Omaha. Um, but the depth of pitching isn't what it is now. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, my man, Nathan Thornhill would even agree. And he would probably talk about his man, his fellow Cedar Park Timberwolf, um, Cole Quintanilla, who was touching 98 with his fastball uh, on Sunday night. And to me is the unsung hero of this pitching staff. To me, he should be the closer because of his experience. I know he's, you know, look, Aaron Nixon's going to be a monster, but South Florida, their whole strength of their team is their bullpen. Um, this kid Kirkering and this um, Lyle Logan, they, they, they only run their starting pitching for about four to five innings tops, even when they're pitching well, like against Florida. Uh, Jake Jaziak started for South Florida, only went four innings and had given up one run on five hits so they could get to Lyle Logan, their lefty, who ended up pitching four innings. So, you know, they they count on their bullpen. Texas, with Cole Quintanilla and Aaron Nixon and Tanner Witt, probably has the best, you know, and I mean, they have the best ERA in the country. So it's hard not to say that Texas doesn't have the best bullpen, but you got to do it. It's baseball. Terrible things can happen. You got to do it every game. Each game is its own, you know, odyssey, as Augie used to say. So the, the key thing, though, Taylor, what you mentioned is the confidence. And look, when you walk out into a jam-packed uh, Dishfog field on Friday at 1, you know, you'd have thought people didn't have jobs. I mean, it, it was packed at 1 o'clock. I couldn't work get into the home. parking garage. Maybe work from home as how fat. <laughs> I mean, I'm like this is awesome. And then it only got better on uh, Saturday and Sunday. So I cannot imagine how great it's going to be this weekend. I can't wait to be there, but that energy is carrying this team too. So should be a lot of fun. South Florida is scrappy. They don't hit that well. Their starting pitching is okay. They have an ERA of four. Their bullpen's really good. Their, their bullpen's ERA is two. And, and they're, you know, they're okay in the field, but they fight, they fight like crazy. In fact, in my chat today, my Tuesday live chat at horns 24 seven, one of our members said that uh, the coach at South Florida, Billy mole uh, played for him in select baseball way back in the day and said, this is why South Florida made it to the super regional. Cause you know, Billy mole is the most competitive guy you've ever seen. And they're taking on his personality and, and it's cool. It's cool because, you know, they're, they're making history. Their coach is talking and the media is saying, you know, this is the team that finally got it done. And, but we're not done yet. We, we believe. And, and I, I do want to read this to you, Taylor, because this is David Pierce after the, uh, after the game Sunday night. He was, you know, talking about how resilient the team is and how there had been some concerns coming out of Oklahoma City in the Big 12 tournament. And he said, this team is unbelievable. I could get choked up about this team because they listen. They're very coachable. They play for each other. They're unselfish. When people tell me they love our energy, when people tell me how unselfish our players look, it's true. It's real. They just keep doing it. I'm just impressed with them. I told them in the team meeting today that they inspire me. They make me better. They make me want to come to the ballpark and do everything I can to help them, end quote. And that's, man, that, that makes you think that this team has that magic intangible um, when the 
when the best players, the hardest workers are the most unselfish players and they just care about each other and not letting each other down, that's when the magic happens. So um, really emotional stuff from, from David Pierce. So, and then, you know, Pete Hansen, how about Pete Hansen? Pete Hansen comes out 13 strikeouts. He's having to wait 30 minutes between innings because there's so many pitching changes. There's so many walks. There were 11 walks, eight of them in the first three innings. So he's 30 minutes between innings. You know, the announcers were saying they're going to have to take him out of the game. He can't sit this long between, you know, pitches. And he ends up recording 13 strikeouts. And then in the post game talks about how, you know, Ty Madden, Tristan Stevens, and he are the best one, two, three pitching punch in the nation. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I lead the team in strikeouts. (laughs) I love this kid. This kid is going to end up being a Longhorn legend because his slider is so nasty. And he just kept throwing it over and over and over again. Didn't care. I mean, freaking Fairfield, God bless him. He's like, he could have told him I'm throwing slider right here and they couldn't hit it. That's how good it was. Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was an impressive performance, especially from Tristan Stevens and Pete Hansen, as you mentioned, I mean, that the first three innings of the, um, you know, Sunday regional game between Texas and Fairfield, I was just kind of like this. Yeah. It's like horrible. What is, what makes it hard for people to really, that aren't the diehard baseball fans to really engage in baseball because that can happen. Um, but when you have, I think that Fairfield had seven different pitchers throughout the game. Um, you know, and as you mentioned, hit, 11 hit batsmen. I mean, it just was like when they weren't walking them, they were hitting them. Yeah. It they was, hit Cam Williams once when the ump had called timeout. So it was really four times they hit batters and Cam Williams had to just take it because the ump had called timeout. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't look too thrilled until I think he realized that the ump was the one that called that. Cause I was kind of like, Oh, this make it, yeah, make Cam's it good a, here. He's a thick dude. He, he looks like he might be ready to throw some hands, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you know, I think that this is going to be an, uh, a really intriguing type of super regional. I feel like, you know, Texas has the upper hand. If, if they bring what they brought in the regional to Dishfault field this upcoming weekend, starting on Saturday night, then I think it, it shouldn't be a problem at all. Um, however, you mentioned, you know, the scrappy team in South Florida, you know, this is the first team in the history of South Florida baseball to ever make it to a super regional. Um, you know, sometimes those scrappy teams can kind of sneak up on you, but I think that the one thing that Texas has going in its favor is that type of, not just the, the um, confidence from the pitching staff, you know, Pete Hansen saying they're the best one, two, three in the country, I mean, he probably has a right to say that it's not just the confidence. though; it's also what, what David Pierce said about this team is selfless. They play for each other. That's not something, I mean, you see it more in college baseball. You hardly ever see that in major league baseball anymore. It's all about what can I do to make sure I get the next big contract? Not what can I do to help my team? That's something, you know, it's, it's a rarity in a lot of sports. Um, I think you see it a little bit more in college sports, but not all the time. So Texas has, you know, definitely the upper hand. I'm just curious, Chip, is Charlie Strong going to be there? Because I think he may need to throw out the first pitch in game one. What do you think? <laughs> no, Charlie's, he's, he's at Alabama. He's, he's rolling tied with, uh, with Nick Saban. So he's. Isn't, isn't he in Jacksonville now? Oh, oh, that's right. He went with uh, Urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
I think he's, he's he might be busy. Yeah. But that's what uh, I mean. Everyone's mind goes to that. They're like, oh yeah, remember Charlie Strong? Remember when Charlie Strong was the coach at uh, South Florida? And Texas. I thought that was actually going to work too. Man, it did not work. Yeah. But tell you what, what is working? South Florida baseball. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean they're. Their go-to guys are, um, they got a redshirt freshman who leads them in hitting and they're just all over the place, but they're a collection of guys who, who pick each other up, man. I was watching the end of that South Florida, South Alabama game. And they had, uh, they had a reliever come in, um, and he, uh, he comes in, there are two men on They're leading four to three in the eighth inning, Joseph Sanchez. And then the, his first batter reaches first on a throwing error. So the bases are loaded with one out and Joseph Sanchez. And he's not, he's not a guy that they count on all the time. Like I said, Kirkering and um, Lyle Logan are their guys but Joseph Sanchez gets a fly out and a strikeout on a full count to get out of that jam um, bases loaded jam. And, and they ended up winning six to four. So they're just a team that believes right now. And like we say, those are the teams that are the ones with nothing to lose who absolutely feel no pressure whatsoever are the ones that you don't want to give them any air. You don't want to give them any reason to believe that they can win because they'll stick around and suddenly you're in a Monday game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For All sure. right. Well, Taylor, good stuff there. Um, make sure you're over at horns 24 seven all this week. We're giving you the latest on everything going on with uh, recruiting our man, um, you know, Mike Roach and Nick Harris. They're all over it. Basketball recruiting, football recruiting. Uh, we got baseball for you. We got football. Um, so, Taylor, are you ready for some love it or leave it? I certainly am, Chip. Uh, well, before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break. But you definitely want to stick around. We have more football talk coming because, as our listeners know, football season never ends on the flagship podcast. We'll also weigh in on um, some basketball and a little bit more baseball, too. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think I'm ready for some love it or leave it. How about you? 
I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So my first one for you is let's go back to some football talk here. Alabama transfer commitment Keelan Robinson will make a bigger impact than true freshman Xavier Worthy. Love it or leave it. Okay. My gut instinct is to love this because Keelan Robinson has a relationship with Steve Sarkeesian from Alabama. He knows what it takes, how hard you need to work. He's got college experience. He's already averaged 6.5 yards per carry for Alabama back in 2019 before sitting out the 2020 season. But here's why I'm going to leave this. If he's moving to receiver, then he's kind of at square one with Xavier Worthy. I guess you could argue Xavier Worthy now with an extra week on campus than Keelan Robinson um, might have the upper hand. So I'm going to leave this and I'm going to go back to my old adage. I just need each of these guys to be Reggie Hemphill maps from 2017. I know people are going to be like, Chip, shut up. <laughs> Reggie Hemphill maps transferred to some obscure small town. School. I don't care. I don't care. He was good. He was good in 2017. We needed more of him. We needed to see that. So Taylor, how about you? Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to, I don't know, because it depends on what the role is that he's going to be playing. You know, um, he does have college experience. Um, obviously, it's at running back. I don't think he's going to surpass Bijan Robinson. There's no way, no hell, like no chance, no way, unless that would Bijan be the Robinson story would... of the year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Football. Yeah. No, no way. You know, um, and so because of that, I think that it would offer up Savior Worthy more of an opportunity to have a bigger impact um, during his true freshman year compared to Keelan Robinson coming in as a transfer. Uh, so I think, I don't know, because the other thing too is he does have a relationship with Steve Sarkeesian already. So how much does that play into it? How much does Steve Sarkeesian and the offensive staff believe in Keelan Robinson as an all-around all player, not just as a running back? I think time will tell right, they that. They may love this guy. They may, yeah. I mean, they may already may have be... a love affair with this guy that's been going on for a year or two. Yeah, I mean, he, the, you know, this there's prior relationships in this situation here. Um, so because, you know, because of that, I think I'm, I'm going to love it. But I'm really, I think... I think it's probably 50-50 chance, honestly, um, just dependent on how he is utilized. But I will, I'll stick with the relationships and say, yes, Keelan Robinson will make a bigger impact, even if he is you know, being relied upon both in the backfield and at receiver. Okay. All right. How about uh, love it or leave it number two? Number two, let's shift to uh, some more about the transfer portal talk here. Love it or leave it. Steve Sarkeesian has done a better job in the transfer portal than Texas basketball coach, Chris Beard. Hmm. I mean, I think Chris Beard has done well. I mean, excuse me. I think Steve Sarkeesian has done well. Ray Thornton, it's going to be a player and we're yet to see what Ovia Gofu, who has one of the coolest names I've ever heard. Um, you got to have some confidence to have a name like a Gofu. You know what I mean? Um, a Govi, Ovia Gofu. Ben Davis, uh, Devin Richardson, Darian Dunn, Keelan Robinson, but Chris Beard. Chris Beard is the king of the transfer. 
Chris Beard built University of Arkansas Little Rock, a team that went 14 and 17 before he got there. He took in four transfers and went 30 and five. Okay, this guy is the king of transfers. He took a elite eight team that lost four starters, brought in transfers, went to the national championship game the next year. And now he's got Dylan DeZue. He's got Timmy Allen, the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year from Utah. He's got Devin Askew from Kentucky and Christian Bishop from Creighton and Jalen Tyson, the four-star shooting guard who's 6'5". Yeah, it's Chris Beard. It's Chris Beard. So I'm going to leave that one, Taylor, because I think Chris Beard, if I've said this, if Jericho Sims decides who went into the NBA draft without an agent, if he decides to come back, Texas is a top 10 team and a legit elite eight team, potential final four team. I mean, that's how, that's how Chris Beard operates. What do you think? Yeah, man, this is tough because you mentioned what Chris Beard has done previously in the transfer portal. Obviously he's done a lot since he's gotten to Texas. He had to do a lot since he got to Texas. He had hardly any roster when he got to Texas left. I mean, he had yeah, no lost other Ty Jones lost um, Matt Coleman. Um, yeah. Needed to replace some divots. It lost Greg Brown, obviously. Greg, yeah. So I think if we're looking at just at Texas, I think I'm going to actually have to love it and say Steve Sarkeesian just because, you know, it is, I guess, a little similar. Steve Sarkeesian is relying on these transfers from the portal to be instant impact players, but it's not a do or die situation. Yet he still was able to get the, I mean, four players who have played for in the college football playoff, including three who have won a college football playoff and, some played for multiple college football playoff titles. I feel like that is an invaluable type of addition that Texas football really hasn't had. And it shows that Steve Sarkeesian, I think it shows a little bit of his recruiting prowess. Obviously, some of it comes from previous relationships with him being at Alabama. However, you know, to, to get players from Alabama who are constantly playing for a title just because of your relationships with those players hard not to say that they're the king of the transfer portal at that point, because, you know, that that's just unheard of. I mean, something Texas has never done ever in the history of transfers, let alone transfer portal, you know, at least in the last decades, you know, I'd say. So while Chris Beard, yes, I agree. He is, he is the all time, probably King. He's been having to rely on the transfer portal, you know, more times than not, you know, in, in a big way, I'd say as a head coach in basketball, however, I feel like if we're just looking at Texas, I'm going to give it to Steve Sarkeesian. Now, if we're going all time, Chris Beard, of course, there's no, there's, you know, nothing you can say about that, but just in the time as Texas coaches, I think I'm just going to have to give my, my, the nod to Steve Sarkeesian just for the sole reason that he has four players that have a national championship rings okay. on his roster. All right. I like, I like how you worked yourself into that argument. <laughs> You know, sometimes I think you just like to disagree with me, but you know, I mean, sometimes um, I'll admit, yeah. sometimes I think that's probably fair, but that's why, that's why the show is entertaining to listen to because we can disagree oh, yeah. and roast each other and still move on. <laughs> right. It's like, uh, it's like my favorite 
little sister that I just want to in a closet sometimes. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> Love it or leave it. Numero trace the final. Right. Love it or leave it. All right. My final one for you, Chip, is you would start Tristan Stevens or Pete Hansen ahead of Ty Madden in game one of the Super Regional on Saturday. Love it or leave it. Okay. I'm going to leave this, but here's the thing. I love that David Pierce started Tristan Stevens in game one of the regional. He knew he was playing a Southern team that had no business, had gotten on a hot streak, won their conference tournament. They were just like South Florida. They were a team middle of the pack. No one thought they would be in a position to win um, their you know, the SWAC tournament, which they did, they beat Jackson state, which was 24 and 0 in conference play. Unbelievable story. He starts Tristan Stevens. Stevens does exactly what you want. He, he, he pitches fast. He pitches to contact a lot of ground balls. Your infields getting work. They're double plays, everything you want. And the bats were alive. Now, if you poured truth serum in David Pierce right now, he'd probably tell you that Pete Hansen is the guy that he thinks is the hardest for opposing teams to face because he commands both sides of the plate, which means he can control that slider against lefties and righties, and they have no idea what's going on. Ty Madden can get a little loose with his control. Look, he touches 98 with the fastball. His, his breaking ball's heavy. It's all big league stuff. He's going to be a first-round pick. But... If he gets loose, Taylor, if he has control issues, David Pierce is going to have to make a hard decision, especially if South Florida is starting to get some hits or gets a small lead because you don't want that crooked inning to come in when you have pitchers like Tristan Stevens and Pete Hansen. My remedy would be if that happens, and I don't think it will. I think Ty Madden rolls. I think Tristan Stevens starts game two and Pete Hansen, who would you rather have in an, if necessary Monday game, than Pete Hansen, the lefty, right? Whose sliders just befuddling people. But once you get to Omaha, you need, I mean, okay. If you get to Omaha <laughs> and you look at a team, say you're facing Notre Dame, who's just beating the ball all over the place and loves fastballs. I'm starting Tristan Stevens. I'm throwing sinker balls against that offensive lineup. They just scored 50 runs in the regional. Hey, try and dig this sinker ball out of the dirt and try and get a square barrel on that stuff. Cause Tristan Stevens is going to get drafted next month because he's old school. No one throws a power sinker in the big leagues anymore. It's all about velocity and fastball. And, you know, does your splitter, you know, bend. And so, I love it. So I'm going to leave this. I start Ty Madden in game one of the super regional. I start Tristan Stevens in game two. And I, if, if I'm in a necessary game three, I got Pete Hansen. But next week, I might have another take for you, Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. Um, honestly, for the exact same reason that you said, you know, if if necessary, if Texas has to go to that game three, you want somebody that is a reliable pitcher. And that's something that Pete Hansen brings to the table. He's shown that consistently this year. So I think strikeouts 
in the winner, you know, in the deciding game of that regional last week, 13 strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, that's, it was a career high for him at Texas. You know, that, you know, that's somebody that is a, a nice, you know, I know it's not Sunday, it'll be Monday if that were the case, but kind of, you know, Sunday starter type of, of pitcher that you don't really have to shake things up too much. And I think that you brought up a good point. You know, if let's say that they start time at in, and he struggles or something, and then they are able to salvage it, still make it onto the college world series. Bring then Cole when, <laughs> Yeah. It's then once you get to the college world series that you really have to take a hard look at what time Madden can bring to the table, or if you have, you know, trust and faith in him to deliver the way that he's supposed to, um, you know, it's not like he's some scrub of a player. So let our pitcher at all, like at all. So when he's on, you know, he's borderline unhittable. Exactly. So this is a, you know, I, I think that you give him a chance again to be, you know, the, the first day type of starter in the super regional. Um, obviously it's going to be up to David Pierce, what they're seeing from him, you know, leading up to this series, but I think you stick with that. And then, then you do it based off of the opponents. If Texas does make it to the college world series, but I, I still think if Texas were to struggle with time Madden in the mound on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, they still have two very, very, very solid viable options at pitcher who can completely shut down teams as they showed in the Austin regional. So I think this is a good setup how, you know, having time and be that, that day one type of starter. So I'm going to leave it along with you and not start Tristan Stevens or Pete Hansen over him. Well, if you can't get enough of the Texas Longhorns, baseball postseason and I don't know how you can get enough because this is such a fun team to follow and cheer for make sure you check out that Monday uh, flagship podcast interview with Ty Harrington who he I'm listening to some of these announcers on ESPN plus Taylor Ty Harrington did commentary for college baseball this year and needs to be he needs to be a star in college baseball um commentary because i think he's great in the booth listen to the podcast and you're just like wow he just has a way of of making it all so crystal clear and he breaks down all the pitchers he breaks down what why he thinks this is david pierce's best coaching job and the kind of team that could give texas trouble um if they you know a profile of a team that could give them trouble so check that out um same place you're listening to us so just uh you know, as we're wrapping up here, you just like surf through. I think it's probably the last one on your Spotify behind this one and then just hit play. Um, Taylor, you're the best. Everybody get to horns 24 seven. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Until next time for Taylor Estes, I'm Chip Brown. Stay safe and keep the faith.